Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the week 11 reading. This is a methodological and theoretically fun paper. Um, so I really want you to think about uh, not just the theory here, because I can cover the theory for you uh, on Thursday, but about what the researchers did and the way in which they kind of conceptualized and tried to answer their research question. So this, this week in general, in this paper, we can kind of call it the the Elijah Wood paper uh, from Green Street Hooligans. So it's this psychological question of how is it that relatively straightforward, not straightforward, but relatively mundane, traditional, nine to fiver individuals, how is it that when you place them in a crowd, they almost lose the sense of who they are, they lose their sense of self, and they become this kind of... Um, this kind of, you know, they can, they can be these violent individuals, or as Elijah Wood became, a violent Green Street hooligan. And it's a really interesting psychological question. One of the things that, that happens a lot in the British media, and, and you'll have seen it now in the last 12 months specifically, you'll have seen it now in terms of some of the uh, individuals who have been in, involved in some of the violent rioting we've seen over the last 12 months, definitely in the riots that were seen, the violent riots that were seen at the Capitol on January 6th, there's this psychological, there are these news stories that come out that are like, you know, you know, rioter identified as, you know, real estate, middle-aged, middle-aged real estate woman from Florida, right? or whatever it is, right? or in England often, you'll see, you know, violent or, or, or football fans on a train being racist or being violent and then it'll come out you know one is a you know is an, is an associate at a you know a top a top legal firm and it's this psychological question of well what what is it that creates if you will this kind of this this psychological change in people now from a theoretical standpoint i think very much now this idea of of, of the crowd has been attached to um Protests, and you know, I think that there there have been, you know, many. Uh, there's been protests in England uh, over the the uh, the student loan debacle, which I'll, I'll talk about on Thursday. There's the protests that we saw over the summer in America. There's January, and historically, there have been a lot of protests that that have turned violent. But from a theoretical standpoint, what's really interesting is that a lot of the very good work on this topic was actually done on uh, football hooligans and football fans who were, I think, kind of viewed as the original crowd gone wild, if you will. But but it's kind of this, you know, Clifford calls it this in this paper, you know, this this idea of the English disease, if you will, uh, which he says there, just kind of on page 116, the English disease, which is, you know, that when British fans of soccer go abroad in large groups, we basically become violent thugs, beat everybody up, trash local cafes, get in massive fights, uh, basically amaze, uh, behave in, in amazingly embarrassing ways. And then, you know, we have actually, I'm pretty sure we've been banned from entire countries. Um, I believe there was a World Cup at one point that did actually ban the attendance of, of English fans, specifically because, you know, the World Cup before, we basically tried to start fights with everybody who, who breathed. Um, so it's this English problem. And so what, what Clifford's kind of done, Clifford... Um, and what his research does is he's kind of tried to understand what it is about the crowd that kind of, you know, that creates this. And, and Clifford's always kind of um, generally deeply focused on the, the kind of the football uh, crowds. I'll tell you a funny story. So, so, so Clifford started at the University of Liverpool. 
along with Otto and Martina. Um, and I was at the, Liverpool, the University of Liverpool when I did my master's, and I, I know, you know my theory on this was, was taught to me by Clifford. Um, and I'll remember very well, and it, it's actually really relevant to this paper. He, firstly, he came into the lecture in a, in a Nike dry fit with a, with, a, with a shaved head. So he came into the lecture looking like a hooligan, uh, which I'm assuming is, is part of his research appeal. Um, and then secondly, he actually got in a really interesting debate uh, about whether or not this counted as kind of entrapment and the ethics of his research methods, which I'll, I'll walk you through uh, as we as we make our way through the paper. But Clifford's work has, has historically just kind of focused on, on understanding the, the crowd dynamics, and he does that by going to football matches and embedding himself in them, in the crowds, and then basically using structured observation as an attempt to kind of understand what is going on he's done interviews that way and all this kind of stuff so it's a very immersed version of of research which requires him and in this case um some research assistants to go to you know the world cup and to track the crowds and try and measure you know the sentiment and what is what is going on in the crowd so it's a really it's a really good paper um it's, it's one of my one of in the study of the crowd, I think it's a it's a it's a it's a good one moving forward, and, and one of the things I talk about on Thursday is kind of the the historically the view of the crowd is actually very archaic. Um, so in his introduction, what he basically just talks about is that there's this very interesting um, juxtaposition almost in that the the with the World Cups in two thousand and two thousand four there was two very stark contrasts in terms of uh, what, the, what, the, what the crowd's violence looked like. And the first is that, you know, in 2000, uh, uh, and possibly, I know, it, I know it was very true in 98. Sorry, it was the World Cup in 98, and then it was the European Championships in 2004. Um, in 1998, specifically, the UK fans were, were completely out of control. But, but the, the, the 2004... UEFA European Championship finals in Portugal were were held to be regarded as, as widely successful because of the immense uh, low amount of violence that was exhibited. So it was a very stark contrast to um, to the previous World Cups and these kind of large scale football incidents that involved travelling fans and, and travelling British fans, where there wasn't really as much violence as was predicted and, and was previously seen. And so what Clifford's paper was, was going to do here, or wanted to do here, sorry, was that they were at the 2004 UEFA uh, Cup in Portugal, and they were measuring you know, what was going on. And they wanted to basically say, well, can our theories of a crowd explain the difference? And so you'll see here on, on page 118, you know, in the, in, in the Euro 2000, there were 965 fans arrested. And to put, to put that in perspective, there are currently, from the capital riots, there are currently 321 individuals who have been, uh, who have got legal cases against them. Three times as many British soccer fans were ar arrested at the Euro 2000s. Oh, apparently only one was subsequently convicted of any criminal offence. Well, I just imagine it's because it's very hard to convict people for being idiots. Uh, which is how I would describe most British soccer fans, uh, or at least the ones that go there. Uh, but anyway, 
So that's what he wanted to do. So his theory, okay, so so what you've got here, if we go to page 119 and then, and then kind of through. So his theory, and this is something I talked through in detail on Thursday, is he developed something that he calls kind of the extended social identity model. And what he basically says is that the traditional view of the crowd is very much that the crowd creates a uh, impulsive, uh, uncontrolled kind of conceptualization, uh, an impulsive, uncontrolled state in which people are basically guaranteed to become to be to be idiots. Um, uh, what he's saying is that that, that crowd crowd behavior is far more dynamic and it extends from basically these shifting social identities, where the the crowd can either adopt the identity of the hooligans and basically the the hooligans become the in group of the crowd and they're kind of viewed as you know vanguards of the crowd and all this kind of stuff or the crowd cannot identify with the hooligans and then the the kind of they're, they're no longer taken into the in group of the crowd and therefore there's no opportunity really for that for there to be kind of symbiosis between this small violent chaotic faction and this larger you know much much larger traditionally or originally non-violent crowd so what what clifford stott's theory is about is it's about how does that identity shift between the 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 violent subsection of the crowd and the general overarching crowd and what he argues is that a lot of it comes down to what the police do and how the police handle the crowd and I'll, I'll go through the theory of it on Thursday, but, but basically his view is kind of when the police are very heavy handed, when the police are very indiscriminate, when the police are kind of, you know, use quite um, repressive tactics, that creates symbiosis and unity within the violent and the non-violent factions of the crowd because they're all being treated the same. And in extended social identity theory, that's where the, that's where the trouble comes from. So what does he do? And I think this is really interesting. Um, he basically was was given the opportunity in 2001 to help, I think, design the, the security approach to the 2004 Euros in response to, you know, how bad the 2000s were. Um, and he's actually still working on this. A friend of mine, Michael Hooman, is working with him in the kind of work with UEFA on kind of crowd policing stuff. Um, but basically what he said was, he said, well, okay, well, if you, if the crowd is overly policed and treated as one, according to extended social identity model, you know, the crowd will, will fuse with the violent crowd and then you'll get one big massive violent crowd. So if you actually treat them in a more, in a less policed way, with less oppressive tactics, with less visible police forces, you have a greater chance that the, the identity of the group will not fuse and shift and, and move towards this violent subsection. It'll actually stay as a kind of a big, um, a big kind of non-violent entity. And his theory on this is that if the large group don't accept the violent group, then the large group actually will police themselves. And if they see violent kicking off, they'll kind of, you know, stamp it out themselves because you know it's ruining you know what they're all trying to achieve most english fans and this is kind of the the heart of the, of the crowd really most english fans didn't go to ua for 2000 or ua for 2004 to get in massive fights and trash cafes they probably went there assuming the thousands of pounds they spent um to watch the game i mean then and obviously with the exception of the green street hooligans uh, Charlie Human and, and Elijah Wood, who only go to these places to, to fight. Um, 
So, so in most of the time, they'll actually, sorry, most of the time, they'll actually want there not to be violence because they're not there for violence. They're there to watch the game. The violent intent stems from when they are basically not allowed to do that. And then they're like, well, screw it. Let's just be violent then because what else are we doing? So that's kind of the identity fusion idea. So what he does, and so we go to the methods at the bottom of 122 here, is he basically provides a, a, a procedure for structured observation, which is where he basically says that he, he put out a team of observers amongst the crowds. And every 15 minutes, they would record a number of um, of, of variables or, or uh, of predefined uh, of predefined categories. So these included number of fans, number of police, the nature of the police, whether they're in riot gear, whether they're in riot vehicles, the quantity and quality of the interaction. So what was what was the what was the chat like between fans and police? Were they violent? Were they pushing? Were they talking? Did it seem pro-social? Um, and then kind of. Were there any um, outbursts, if you will? So, so was there an incident? You know, so he says there a small incident, a quarrel involving four people, a medium incident, a quarrel involving five to ten, or large, a quarrel involving more than ten. So, was there any outburst of violence? And then, what did the police response to that um, look like? And again, this is every fifteen minutes. So, if you go to a if you went and hung out with a crowd for three hours before the game, let's say the game starts at seven, you hung out with the crowd from four, you would have 12 data points of observation that would cover you know, how the crowd was policed, the energy of the crowd, the interactions of the crowd, and critically this concept of you know, at what point, if any, did the crowd become violent, and if so, how did the um, police engage? And then the other thing that they did was they, they basically gave out recruitment flyers to the crowd and redirected them to a website, um, both pre and post actually, sorry, um, to ask them kind of how they felt about the, the kind of themselves. So basically had in-group measures here. So how do you feel about your identity with the group, the group being, you know, your fellow fans? How do you feel about your, um, how do you feel about your, your fellow European fans? How do you feel about the potential hooligans, and how much do you basically identify with them? Um, and then finally, the you know the exact same thing after the after the, the 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 tournament. So after the tournament, how do you feel you identify with the other fans of other nations, the French, the 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 Swedes, whatever? How do you identify with that violent subgroup and all this kind of stuff? And what he's hypothesizing that he should see is that if things go well, they would start off identifying relatively closely with the other fans of other teams because they're all soccer fans together they would identify a bit with the police it's fine and they wouldn't identify very much with the football hooligans because they would view them as you know hooligans trying to ruin the day if the crowd turns violent what you would expect to see is that their identification with the other fans has gone down because they at some point probably tried to beat the crap out of them and their identification with the violent group had gone up because they'd kind of fused their two identities together. If you see the kind of the pre-identities almost being the same as the post-identities, nothing is realistically, you know, that's good. You've kind of, you know, nothing has happened, ba nothing bad has happened that's changed the way that they're identifying with the group. And, and Clifford's making the assumption that the majority of the crowd starts off not identifying with the violent sub-minority. And violence emerges when you when the, the majority identify with this, this, this violent subgroup. So 
if we're just going to go through a couple of the tables, I think it's really interesting. So if you look at the table one, so this is the difference between Euro 2000, very violent, Euro 2004, not very violent. So samples, um, so basically percentage of, of police uniform who were present, um, basically very low. So 56% versus 87%. Uh, average number of officers per fans from 6 to 50 to 4 to 8. So a much closer, um, a, a much smaller number of officers per group of fans. Okay, Samples with riot police, 0% versus 15%. Samples with riot vehicles, 50% to 16%. Samples with positive interactions, 40% to 5%. I actually think that's just a case of there being less interactions in general, not that the interactions were less positive. Samples with reporting incidents, 15% to 0.4%. So what you're seeing just generally in Euro 2004, again, the non-violent Euro, is uh, a bigger sample, less police, less police per people, less riot police, less riot vehicles and less incidents of violence now you could you could argue that there would be that the lack of riot police is an artifact of the the lack of of, of violence i would argue that in most crowd policings the riot police are sent out as a preventative measure so there is actually an idea you can almost establish causation there or at least separate them in time it's it's not that the violence occurs and then the riot police turn up. More often, it's that the riot police are there with the expectation of violence, which we, we actually talk about on Sunday, uh, Thursday, sorry. Um, so he's kind of showing that this almost demilitarized, depoliced model actually seems to be working very well. And then secondly, if you look at the, the, the identification and the differentiation from hooligans and, and, and in-group identification in table two, you see exactly what I was saying. So there's a really high degree of differentiation with hooligans, it's a five-point scale. Um, at the start. So, you know, at a five-point scale, 4.3 degree of differentiation. So they're saying we're very, very different to the hooligans and below 3.5. We're very similar with the opposing fans. So we, we really don't think we're like the hooligans. And we kind of think we are, to be honest, very much like the fans. And, you know, similarity with PSP, that's the Portuguese Security Services. We're relatively similar to the security services and that's what you would want to see pre-tournament right we don't like the hooligans we like the other fans and we're, we're okay with the police what you see post-tournament is you really don't see any movement which again is not a null well it's a null finding but it's good right we're not seeing we we don't we, we haven't we're not differentiating with the hooligans less we our similarity with our opponents hasn't gone down it's actually if anything gone up and our similarity with the police has kind of stayed the same so the demilitarized and de-policed Euro 2004 model has led to basically a stability in how they're identifying with the other fans and not identifying with the hooligans, which is very, very good. That's exactly what you want to see. And in table three, you're seeing the kind of same thing in terms of how they're relating with the uh, uh, intergroup relations, so how they feel they're relating with, with they're relating and getting on with everybody else. So to sum this paper up, and we'll talk again, we'll talk about it in a lot more detail on Thursday. Is what this paper basically tries to prove is that the I forget to page one three three is that the de-policed approach to Euro two thousand four was more successful and led to less violence than. Um, the the heavily policed versions of 2000. 
one of the reasons, or what Clifford says is the causal reason, is that there wasn't a shifting in in-group identity that traditionally happens when violence emerges. The broader point of this, I think is the interesting one, is that the way in which he studies this is by embedding himself and his researchers in a potentially violent crowd at the Euros, which I think is a really interesting approach to doing the research. And he has this kind of structured observational technique, which is clearly very good. I mean, he's published this in a fantastic, you know, really good work here that's been published in a great journal. Um, but I, that, you know, that's the really interesting, it, it raises the problem of how do you study crowds? And this is one of the issues that a lot of people have is, how do you study crowds? A lot of people just stare at them and then try and make their theories, which is why most of their theories are wrong. Um, and I think the broader point, or the only other final point I'd make on this, and this is one that we'll, we'll talk about on Thursday, is Clifford's theory requires confidence, right? So his theory is if you don't police the crowd, the crowd doesn't become violent. If you over-police the crowd, the crowd becomes violent. So to not have a violent crowd, you need to not overly police the crowd. But if you believe that the crowd is going to be violent, the decision to under-police that crowd is very, very risky and very, very scary. So what do you do? You over-police the crowd because you're scared that the crowd is going to become violent, which, according to, according to Clifford Stott's research, is the most likely thing to lead to the violence in itself. And it's this paradox, if you will, of crowd policing um, where expectations almost create the crowd that you are um, that you are trying to to peacefully police, but your expectation of the potential violence of the crowd leads you to police them in a way that, if anything, creates this self-fulfilling prophecy. So, really interesting paper. I hope you enjoy it. I think methodologically, it's fascinating, um, and I'm really excited for Thursday, where we're going to talk through this and the theory of it in a lot more detail. So, enjoy Clifford's work. He's really great. Uh, enjoy the paper uh, and we'll learn a bit more about football hooliganism and all that comes with it on Thursday. So enjoy.